Inter Podcast. Listen to the official Inter Podcast and relive the tales of the great number 10s who wrote Nerazzurri history. Search for 10 number 10s on the main podcast platforms on the official app and on inter.it. The Tumbling Saber Podcast is a proud member of the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Connect with us on Twitter and Facebook. Subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts. Visit our base at StarWarsCommonwealth.com and take your first steps into a larger world. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 148 of the Tumbling Saber podcast. My name's Kyle. My name's Corey. My name's Carlos. How's it going, everybody? Welcome back. How you all have doing? a good weekend? Good to be here. <laughs> uh, Corey's just getting started with the brewskis. Yeah, Where's Michelle? Just... Yeah, seriously. Come back! Uh, Come right back! About, uh, right, I think in northern Italy right about now. Yeah, that's correct. Guess what she's doing. Come on, you guys know the answer to this. She's buying books. Eating pizza. Not right now. It's about 2.40 in the morning. Exactly. Eating pizza. Yep. <laughs> just you go to Italy and just every waking moment, you just you stay awake for as long as you possibly can and order as many pizzas as you can. And drink as much vino. And Really? Well, why not? No problem with that? That's... Not as if you can't get wine anywhere else. Well, I think it'd be pretty special to drink some Italian wine out there. You know, stuff that you'd probably get for like a buttload out here would be a lot cheaper out there. Whatever. That's that's the dream, man. All right. That's okay. Dream big, Corey. That's, that's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right. All right. So uh, very quickly, one one more Patreon note and then I'm I'm done. Uh, so I'll be updating that poster I made earlier this year for our powerful friends. Mm. I'm going to do that. Uh, I, I want to get as many names on it as I can before I publish this update, because I, I don't know when I'll do another one after this. I'm thinking I might do it annually. Um, so yeah, if, if you're a powerful friend and your account is in good standing, meaning your Patreon account is up to date, then your name's going on the poster. And if you've been thinking about becoming a powerful friend, then, uh, You've got, uh, I guess you got uh, a couple weeks to do that before I publish that update. And I, re- I really want to get your name on it before we, we launch. So uh, do that. Sign up and uh, get your, get to see your name on a big, beautiful poster. And uh, yeah, but just beyond that, we've got a, I, I can't wait to do our, our last two prizes for the year. They're going to be awesome. All right, guys. Uh, today would have been Carrie Fisher's 62nd birthday. And uh, Twitter was lit up like a Christmas tree with tributes to her and just remembrances. And it it seems crazy that we're coming up on two years without her. And it's, it still doesn't, I don't know, it still doesn't seem quite real. I guess it's because we haven't had to really suffer her loss in anything that we love yet. I mean, Twitter aside and her, her actually being around aside. I guess, I guess we're doing a good job of keeping her alive, but it was, uh, Sort of a bittersweet day, seeing her picture all over the web. 
and uh, knowing that today would have been she was just sixty two. I was that's it. I have to say the same thing. I was looking same thing like seeing pictures of her on Twitter and whatnot today, and man, like she was just so like so beautiful still too. You know, like she she looked so young in a lot of the pictures that I'd seen. I was like, man, like it sucks. <laughs> and I, I think like what you just mentioned, Kyle. I think maybe at the back of a lot of our minds that episode nine is you know gonna be possibly like that conclusion for everything you know what i mean like we kind of thought maybe episode eight was that but now that we know that we have this other movie coming and what they're doing with their character and whatnot like maybe that we're kind of reserving it for that you know because after that that's pretty much it yeah unless we get you know um more books and comics which i'm sure we will but yeah we've we've sort of uh crossed all the t's and dotted all the i's in, in this part of the the galactic timeline so i guess we'll have to enjoy it while we can but yeah very very quick two years without carrie fisher and it's it sucks man i wish she was still here and we can avoid uh you know or at least we enjoy her presence a bit longer uh but on to uh, another joyous occasion uh, it was john favreau's birthday recently Did you guys see that picture of favreau with george lucas and dave filoni i did Man, talk about a three-headed dragon. Dude, I love that they keep consulting him on stuff like this. I, I hope that's the case anyway. Maybe he's just coming and they invited him out of respect to come see things, but hopefully he's put, giving us two cents and that they're listening because from the Clone Wars, he was pretty big on the Mandalorians, you know? Oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I don't think he's coming in and sort of like, all right, everybody, here, listen to, listen to me now. Yeah. John, uh, like just sermonizing, uh, but just 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 move over and uh, yeah, that's right. I'll uh, sit here now and. <laughs> I think it's the kind of thing where he just like he comes in, and makes a suggestion, and they do that thing just to say George had a say in what they did. And it almost feels like if he shows up on your set, it almost feels like he's almost giving some sort of rubber stamp of approval on what you're doing. I don't know. Maybe I'm completely wrong, but it feels that way to me because I, I don't think he has visited the set of the saga movies. Yet we know he uh, visited Ron Howard with Solo. He was on the set for Rogue One. And now he's on the set of uh, The Mandalorian. It seems very bizarre. I, I know he spoke on the phone with Ryan Johnson. We saw that in uh, The Director and the Jedi. But it's, I think it's a very clear pattern where George Lucas shows up for the, all the non-Saga stuff. I, I don't know whose choice that is or whose idea it is for, for it to be that way or if it means anything. But I, I find that kind of odd. But still, just the picture in itself, just seeing seeing those three guys, super cool stuff. Carlos, you saw that picture? I did, yeah. It was interesting. I saw the memes too that uh, people were creating with the three heads. <laughs> Uh, well, what, what what good is a picture if you can't meet? <laughs> exactly, exactly, and that that's the I think the quintessential um, uh, vector when you when you're actually disseminating the worth of a picture is how far can it be memed. So uh, this one was was right up there, pretty good. Yeah, very very cool picture. That's that that's, that'll be an all timer. That'll be like I guess they didn't really do that back in the day with like Gary Kurtz and Kirshner and all these other guys that were hanging around. You saw the pictures of the, all those guys together, but they were more candid shots. This was like, get together, boys. <laughs> Watch the people lose their minds. 
Yeah, John, Johnny Favreau looked pretty happy. Even Filoni too. Look, Filoni actually seemed like he was almost like beaming with pride, you know? My first yeah, live no, action. He, he knows he doesn't belong there, Corey. Are you kidding me? <laughs> oh, Jesus. Dude. <laughs> Shots fired. He is George Lucas's right arm, man. Like. Well, I mean, all these people are saying, oh, fire Kathleen Kennedy and, and give Dave Filoni her job. Like, okay, well, e- easy, Tiger. Take a, take a step back off the ledge there, dummy. Yeah, they do two uh, diff- very different things. Very, very different jobs. Hugely different jobs. But I don't think it's... I, I think I get the sentiment behind it, which you know, the idiots out there think that Kathleen Kennedy is the driving creative force behind it when she's not. Whereas I, I think they would like to see Dave Filoni be that overseer, be, be the Kevin Feige of Star Wars. And I get that sentiment. I'm down with that. Yeah, I mean, if they wanted to... I mean, I guess that's what the story group is for, even though they, I don't think they really dictate or enforce or do anything to inform the storyline. They just kind of help shape it, make sure it kind of doesn't contradict any, yeah. any meaningful way. No, you, you can't do that. <laughs> Yeah, I I don't know if Star Wars will ever go down the road of having a Kevin Feige type from a creative standpoint. Depends if they make another like nine film saga. You know, at that point, you'd want someone cohesively seeing it through. But uh, maybe, yeah. Does Kevin Feige do the business end that Kathleen Kennedy does? I don't know. I'm I'm genuinely asking. I have no clue. <laughs> Because if you do, if you could boil it all down to one job, then I guess if if at the end of these three years Kathleen decides to retire, then I guess there's an opportunity to put someone in there to be Kevin Feige. But that person would have to have business smarts and the creative chops. And that's, that's a tough role to fill. Anyway, uh, collecting update. Anybody got anything to share this week? Oh, yeah. Go ahead, Corey. I'm, I don't have anything, so we could skip right away after. All right. Um, all right. So, first, firstly, money for nothing, porks for free, baby. I, I went to Toys R Us, and I just know there are a bunch of dodos, you know? And they had the, <laughs> the Black Series porks. I said, I'll never buy these things. Like, never, ever, ever. They're just so small. But it is the Black Series, right? And I really don't think they are in ratio comparatively. Because, yeah, they, they're really small. Anyhow, I'm like, okay, they they were on sale for like $4.99, I think. And I'm like, I just have a feeling that they're going to ring this up wrong. <laughs> and <laughs> lo and behold, they did. And I'm just like, yeah, that, that's free. That's free now. And they were like, what? And I was like, yeah, anything under 10 bucks? They're like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm right. Give me that porg. So, you, what, what? You haggled them down to free? Well, there's no haggling. It's law. Like, if anything under ten bucks, if they bring you up wrong, it's free. And what over ten bucks? That is correct. It, over ten bucks, they have to like take like a fifteen percent discount off, like the taxes, basically. Like up to ten bucks. Yeah. So if they screw, is this a Quebec law? What kind of law is this? Well, it's I know it's in Quebec. Quebec. So, yeah, I don't know what the other problems is, but for sure, I mean. Uh, I've seen it happen many times, <laughs> many, many times. Like I know people like just waiting for that moment, you know, like I've seen a lot of stuff scored that way. Free. What? 
What? Oh yeah, baby. I've never seen this in my life. Pending doesn't work for beer or cigarettes. It's <laughs> <laughs> like Corey's dream. Seriously. I got a free pack of smokes. A free pack of smokes. Oh, more, more beer, <laughs> but okay. Uh, give me a couple scratchy tickets. Uh, never do that shit. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. So the porgs. That was like a little thing, whatever. And then uh, got another rebels Funko Pop. Man, I scored the Grand Inquisitor this time. So now I got all three Inquisitors, which is pretty sweet. And um, yeah, I don't know. I posted this on the uh, fa- our Facebook group. Anybody listening, definitely come check us out there if you're not. But uh, yeah, I posted this, I don't know, probably about like 10-inch bust of Cad Bane. Uh, it's a bank bust. I mean, it's plastic and whatever. But the sculpt is just amazing, man. Like, it's so cool. And I've already almost filled it up like halfway. <laughs> so I'm curious to see how much is in there already. But uh, anyway. Not as much as you think. No, it's probably like maybe 30 40 bucks right now but either way it's it's fun to do that and it's again it's it's a nice piece that you could just like really display it displays well you know so i'm pretty stoked about that and then i didn't i didn't pick these up but i also found a buttload more of these uh disney infinity figures the star wars ones so there was a there's probably about five sabine five boba fett and a whole bunch of blueberries hmm uh, I'm if I could find those, I'd still I'd buy a few more. But uh, it's, it's hard to find the characters that I whiffed on. Like I I I'd, I'd get a Han and Chewie at this point if I could. I just I don't see them anymore. I made a major mistake in not picking those up. Ah, uh, major's an overstatement. But yeah, I should have I should have bought those when I had the chance. Even Boba's kind of cool though. Like I said, I think I'm really just I'm gonna pick up a whole bunch and just every month just throw that into the uh, for the powerful friends as part of the package you know this is they're just Aww. so fun like just the display you know i love the design of them yeah they're cool so, so nice yeah I've, I've got like six or seven of them I, sneakily i've added a, f- a few to my collection it's like wow okay actually i've got a good taste of that collection up, up there i got like 15 <laughs> <laughs> you're like that Kristen wig character <laughs> yeah exactly uh, um, so that's it. That's your collecting update. Yep, I was pretty happy about and that. Carlos, then. you got nothing. I got nothing, buds. That makes two of us. So I got nothing either. I, I you know. I think. I think this is. It's going to be like this for me for the most part until until the end of the year. Just just catching up with some for you know expensive couple of months. And uh, I've got. Uh, well, I did get the second wave of a vintage collection. It's not nothing. And uh, yeah, Christmas coming. My daughter's birthday is in a month from now. Uh, some more ex- expensive times coming up. So I may have to just ease off for the rest of 2018. But uh, 2019 is going to be bananas. And this is a nice segue to our first actual news piece today. Uh, guys, buckle up. Mandalorian merchise merchandise is coming. Uh, so Yak Face originally reported this early last week uh, on the, uh, the the fact that a ton, an absolute ton of uh, trademarks and patents have been filed on behalf of Disney and Lucasfilm for everything under the sun. So anything that we've typically seen with Star Wars logos on it is coming for Mandalorian. 
And you know, I, of course, every week we speak about our, our collecting habits and what we're, what we're picking up. But more often than not, lately we have spoken about how overwhelmed we are and the need to focus and streamline our collecting because we can't keep up, whether it's you know money or space or time. There's, it, it's really hard to keep up with this, this mess. So now I'm wondering, if, with The Mandalorian doing coming down the pipe, should Disney, Lucasfilm, Hasbro be merchandising the crap out of this property? Carlos, what is your take on this one? Look, if they can if they can make toys of rebels, then they should make toys of Mandalorian. Like, why 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 is it good for one crappy show and not for a potentially good show? God damn it! Triggered. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's my that's my point, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> Triggering Corey. Yeah, it's funny. That's the name of his dog. Trigger. Or t- triggered. Oh, I thought it was Tigger. <laughs> He's got a last name too. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Kyle, keep well, your hands on the wheel. Oh man. It's gonna get crazy. Oh my god. Uh so Carlos went right to the point. Corey, what do you think? Well, personally I think that maybe it's like a law thing, you know, like where they have to advise their intentions and their plans, possibly, and it's better to be safe than sorry in this case. Not necessarily you know, that they're going to be making all kinds of different products, you know. Like, I don't think we're going to be getting something like Mandalorian toothbrush or shampoo to that degree, you know. Uh, the assortment of products—that's that, that is a question. Like, I, I think they do kind of need to rein it in a bit compared to like saga films. It, it, they they can't like <laughs> <laughs> you're in the same place I am like no you you can't do this to us again you can't well, either way I'm looking at well whatever toothbrushes and whatever I I mean but you know what I mean like it just everywhere it's like pure saturation of that Star Wars market which maybe it will be filling some kind of gap for them but uh, I I personally again would like to see them rein it in keep it real with like you know t-shirts toys I, I'm totally down for that uh. Well, I know what you mean, because like, as a community, we've slogged our way through three years. I mean, if you think about it, it's been just over three years of wave after wave of stuff. And we've, we just, we're getting through the tail end of Solo, and I guess maybe we're going to ease off the accelerator just a bit here. And that's not to suggest there's not, there's nothing coming. Oh my God, is there stuff coming? A bit. Oh my God, but we, we've, we talked about it coming out of um, New York Comic Con. Like, Resistance toys are coming next year. And they've already confirmed that Clone Wars toys are coming next year. And Mandalorian toys are apparently going to be a thing. And this little independent film called Episode (laughs) 9. They might have some merch to go with that. Like, I don't know if this is the right move. Like, it depends. a lot of stuff, dude. Like, within within months of each other, we're going to have four Star Wars properties on the shelves at once. Yeah, it's a lot. Like, if you think you're overwhelmed now, like, just wait until a year from now. Like, it's going to be absolute bedlam. But maybe, maybe they're readjusting their um, their productions in the sense that they're not going to stock the shelves with 100% of what they did for Rogue One. Maybe they're going to go with 40% of what they did for Rogue yes. One and 40 for each property. So they're, they're still going to be more Star Wars stuff, but smaller quantities per franchise or per per division, if you want to if you want to call it that. 
which is also going to piss collectors off because we're going to be like, I can't well, find yeah, it. That, Why is it going to? That's, that's, no, but they're going to. Inc- that, that's how you create demand. Nobody wants the swinging Generals anymore. Nobody wants the Cassian Andor from Rogue One. Yeah, they can't give them away, man. It's crazy. But that's what I'm saying. So the, you reduce the number that the numbers that you make. The collectors still get their fix, and they're not hanging there forever. Well, I think they've learned their lesson. I mean, even the, the Last Jedi was by far, and Solo was way different than what they did with. I, I don't know what the hell went on with Rogue One. Yeah, it was an overestimation of what they thought they could get away with. That's all. That's all it is. It but anyway, like. The Mandalorian, like just from the one pick we have seen of the character, I mean, I want that Black Series figure already. Like, he just looks good, man. Like that helmet, super shiny. I don't know. I already want one, like badly. And what else this can mean to me as well is, you know, if they're going to be going this hard into production, having, what, eight episodes is planned? You know, maybe we're looking at multiple seasons of this show. I think it's maybe there's a plan to do multiple seasons if it does well. I think they have multiple plans actually. Yeah, they they've got to have plan A, B, C. Yeah, D. they have, they have tons of contingencies have... for what the what the the um, the feedback from the from the the series is going to be. I'm, exactly, I'm, I'm pretty like sure that's that. That's why I think like when I was saying at the beginning, like the law thing, like maybe they have to advise their intentions just in case this thing becomes like a super mega hit and people go bananas for it. Then okay, let's 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 go with the shampoo line now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like let's go full on. But I think for the most part, it it's not going to be comparative to a saga film. And I hope not. I like t-shirts are cool again, toys cool. But come on, what else more can you really do with that? Posters, uh... everything. I mean, books. You name it. I mean, there's there's. Just, just think about just about anything with with the Star Wars logo on it now. Like lunch boxes, party plates, see that? some really or, bags of oranges. I don't know. If I doubt we'll see that. Protective face masks, not meant for medical purposes. Snorkels, <laughs> swimming goggles, and swim masks. Yep, all that stuff. Well, I'm of two minds on this, and maybe even more. I I, I don't know. Like on one hand, let them produce what they want, and then it's up to each of us as collectors to adjust to what we can manage right like same as anything else in life like if you if what like it's like or i guess like gambling only play with what you can afford to lose and then uh, the, the flip side is uh, if you swarm the, sh- the shelves stock will inevitably sit on pegs and that's going to lead to uh, chatter of slumping toy sales and uh, a brand that's losing steam and we've we're already in that place and trolls love that argument and they, they oh yeah to- people don't care about star wars anymore they're not buying the toys the toy sales are down some of them are some blame some people blame uh toy sales on toys r us going out of business as if star wars is the only franchise that keeps that that toy store al- retailer alive which is ridiculous you know, you know that uh, they didn't fi- finally they didn't file for bankruptcy. Toys R Us. They're just rebranding as Jeffrey's Toy Box in the states. Well, I think they they did, and then someone bought it, and they're bringing it back as as Jeffrey's Toy Box, and it, it'll be totally different. Yeah, not sure about that. I think uh, it'll it'll pretty pretty much be the same thing, the same business model. Just that uh, they're gonna hopefully they they reevaluated their online stuff. Maybe they'll, maybe that's more the route they'll go down. 
yeah, more maybe. of an online thing to compete with Amazon and their uh, the stores, the retail stores will be maybe a little bit smaller. Their problem was it was was that they created Amazon because they got into business with Amazon to do all their delivery, and uh, then Amazon undercut them. Let's just bypass you. Oops. Oops. Yeah. Well, but like personally, I, I I hate walking into my local Walmart, and I did that today. I walked in there and I see the same toys on the same peg week after week. And I don't mean like the same model. You mean the actual it's same one? Yeah. The same actual unit that's just been <laughs> on the same peg for weeks, if not longer. And like, it's pathetic. Yeah. It's like, just discount I, that thing already. Come on. Like I have a picture on my phone from about three weeks ago. And I said, I'm going to check again in three weeks. So I go back in today. And I look and I compared what's on the shelf now in the Star Wars section to what's on my phone. It's exactly the same. It's like nobody has touched it in weeks. And it's, it's, it is kind of sad to see. I mean, anyway, I think both of those arguments have legitimacy to them. But yeah, I, I don't know. With, rego- with regards to Clone Wars and especially, of course, The Mandalorian. Like how many? This is something that Star Wars fans tend to do a lot. How many people are really going to have Disney play? A lot of people, for sure. But like, like, how many people are going to walk into a toy store or the to- toy aisle, see Mandalorian merch, and either say, I don't know this, I'm not invested, I don't care. Or, whoa, what's this Star Wars thing that I don't know about? I got to get Disney play. Like, I, I don't know, are, are these toys a, a promo tool for their streaming service? Or do, are they taking a gamble that, they're hoping enough people get on board that, yeah, they'll watch The Mandalorian and then go buy the toys. Oh, I'm sure. It, they're not worried about that part. I think they should be. It's not. A, I don't think it's a given that they're going to have the mega audience. I'm already sold. Like I said, bring it, guys, if you're listening. Six-inch Black Series Mando. Done. Yeah, for sure they're going to do that. Absolutely. I'm, there's, I, I am... There's a, no, there's no chance that they won't do a black series thing. I just, I don't want to see it swarming the shelves. Just, I, I hope they're just a little bit more selective with the Mandalorian. You know what I mean? Like maybe don't, uh, they'll do a three and three quarter. That's, that's the core. But yeah, I hope it's, I hope it's a really tightly focused product range. And it doesn't go sprawling all over the place, but uh, that's, that's really not what they do, right? They, they kind of go full bore and, it's kind of a full court press for everything, so I I hope uh, I hope I'm I'm wrong there. Me too, honestly. All right, so uh, let's. You guys want to talk about Resistance episode three, Fuel for the Fire? Yes, let us <laughs> go for it. All right, so this this will be spoilery for episode three of Resistance. So if you're if you haven't watched it yet, skip ahead maybe ten minutes. I'll keep the and, clock. Uh, it's almost like Spaceballs because it's 10.07 Eastern, so it just it's airing right now, so it's like we're now now. When is now now? <laughs> now, sir. But I can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> when? Who? Who? <laughs> uh. Alright, so uh, this one guest stars uh, Frodo Baggins as Rucklin. I, I didn't even recognize his voice at first. Yep, me neither. You did a really good job there of uh, d- 
disguising it, I guess. I, I kind of got hints and tones of Elijah Wood, <laughs> but uh, no, more or less. Well, when, I, once, I, once I clued in, I was like, oh, yeah, there he is. Now I got it. But And, of course, he, he's put like, – really, the last dose of, of Elijah Wood I got was Lord of the Rings 15 years ago, right? It's, it's been – actually, no. What's that show he was on on FX where he sees an, an imaginary dog? Oh God! I got to, I got to check it out. Elijah Wood dog. Well, he also he was also in Sin City, but he was a mute. So, <laughs> Wilfred. You guys you remember that show, Wilfred? No, I never heard of it. Nope. It's actually pretty funny. I watched a few episodes, and uh, yeah, it was kind of worth the time. But yeah, he uh, he did a good job, I think, in this episode of not. Being Frodo Baggins, <laughs> but Corey, what did, what did you make of this episode overall? It was fun. It was it was cool. It was uh, very Kaz centric, I guess. Again, mm, like I didn't see it that way. Really, eh? Like I, well, no, you, well, hear me out there. Uh, I, I see him getting more familiar with the place now, and the characters within the Colossus getting more familiar with him. Uh. For the most part, I think, like you said, like I think it's maybe shedding a little more light on Yeager's past. Like we find out that he had a family at one point. We don't know what happened to them. He was a really top-notch racer, and you see Kaz's relationship with him kind of growing, uh, like the discipline and you know just being that that hard ass on him when it when need be. But at the same time, he's got, he's really got a soft spot for him. Because he sees, you see Kaz's character, like, he tells him right at the end, like, you're a good person. Like, it's innate within him, in his character. It's who he is. He wants to help, you know? Uh, So, I don't know. I, all in all, like, again, just their relationship was at the forefront there. Rucklin was kind of just like a background character. I think he is, Kaz is going to hand his ass to him at one point, which I, I really hope to see. And, yeah, that's about it, man. Uh, Carlos, did you watch the show? I did not watch it. It's uh, oh, well, there you go. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for it to uh, to get oh, on to hit iTunes. iTunes right? Yeah, to hit iTunes, and I'm gonna I'm gonna watch it then. But um, no, I'm excited, man. I'm, I'm so far. I'm liking where 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 this is going. Yeah, it's 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 very inoffensive as a show so far, but it's it's fun enough to keep me interested at this point. But Corey, I I thought uh, Jaeger was sort of the the main point of interest for me like Kaz is always the central figure in the episodes but I thought Jaeger really stood out in this one yeah you you saw both sides of him like him being like I said very stern with Kaz but at the same time behind the scenes telling him to kind of lighten up on him Uh, he's had rough like he's very understanding and again like you see his past and stuff like that he's he's a really cool dude man like I I'm He's one of the standout characters, like you said. Like I, I want to know more about him because he seems like the guy that, you know, kind of knows everything. Like hotshot racer, like ex superstar X wing pilot, you know. And I don't know. He's, he seems like he's got a bit of an interesting story, and he, he seems like a just like a good person, which is a quality that he obviously respects, and why he's taken Kaz on and seems to have a soft spot for him. Well, yeah, because I, I thought there was much more of a. Um a father-son dynamic than boss-employee relationship in this episode. Like, you, you kind of really... S- there was a scene where he tells Kaz to get back to work. 
which is a thing a boss would say, but you can almost hear you can almost hear Luke responding, but I was going to Toshi Station to pick up power converters. Yeah. Like, you can almost hear that coming out of Kaz's voice as if he was talking to a family member. And I, I'm guessing it's it's by design. But really, I got the impression this episode that Jaeger is much more of the guardian, a parental figure than than his boss. Well, that's it. I think another issue here is that he's in way over his head, but at the same time, he still doesn't realize that yet. Like Jaeger's warned him three or four times, like the people that you need to worry about are the ones that actually know who the resistance are. Like no one knows who they are out here. The people that do, you should be worried about. Like he's he's kind of like thinking of it as a glorified thing where Jaeger's like, yeah, man, it's it's not like that at all. <laughs> like I gotta, you gotta keep it real, stay focused. Yeah, and again, keep keeping the like the father son dynamic going. Uh, the whole point, I think, of, of Rucklin and his group was to sort of offer up Kaz that point of peer pressure. If we see Kaz, he's sort of he doesn't fit in with the, with the group he's supposed to be with. He's not a mechanic. He's not a spy. Everyone's always dumping on him. He's he's having a, a tough time finding his place. But here comes this other group, and they just want to play and have fun and mess around with their their racers. And so you you could see, like, it smacked a lot of of teenage rebellion. When Kaz is like, yeah, he blows off his shift and he goes off with them, right? To go horse around. But Kaz doesn't really see that they're using him. And I, I thought it was kind of like this show's equivalent of of the light and dark side of the force. Where, you know, the hard work and the focus that, that Jaeger is trying to pull out of Kaz, you know, being the light side. But Ruckland's quick and easy path with the cheap thrills and blowing things off and let's go have fun like there's there's your dark side so i wonder if that's how they'll play with that in this in this show well and like you well it's kind of like you said too like well he sees kaz like at the end like facing Rucklin and like saying the right thing you know being like you stole that and i saved your life man you're blaming me like like piss off kind of you know and that's you kind of see him almost in the background kind of like he knows that uh, Kaz wasn't really involved with stealing it. At that point, he probably maybe thought that Kaz was involved. But when he heard that, it was like, that's when he kind of realized, okay, this this kid's got heart. This kid's got spunk. Yeah. Well, Corey, and you alluded to uh, Jaeger's, his, his racer. And Rucklin kind of spoke to it. They said his other racer, his real racer, not talking about the fireball, the one that was sort of hidden behind some blast doors that we didn't get to see. So and and they they alluded to uh, Jaeger being the best racer on the Colossus. If he wanted to, like he could blow the competition away. The one like the one time he did it, he crushed everybody. Like specifically with the ship, I'm wondering like was that just Rucklin baiting Kaz, or do you think there do you think there's some kind of uh, sneaky reveal coming for for us in at some point in the future where those blast doors open and we see Jaeger's ship and we go wow oh cool. hell yeah. Now I'm starting to think that it is another version of the Fireball, but the one that we see in the commercial or the logo for Resistance, maybe it's that one, you know, because that one's pristine. It's going to be a hard... I, I don't know now, like, looking at this show, the slow-goingness of it, his abilities, I don't know if he's going to be able to make that ship the Fireball look the way it looks in in that logo. So, yeah, the way they built it up, for sure. And we also got to see him race as well, or at least fly. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't think they were hyping that up too much. Like the, 
we've we've got to get there with with uh, Jaeger at some point. He's got to get pulled in. I think we do. I think there is sort of a clip out there of him flying a ship out in space, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but we saw that that framed picture of Jaeger, right? Like we saw that he was at the Battle of Jakku, which I thought was was super rad, right? We see the like, a crash star destroyer in, in in the background, and of course Kaz calls it out. He was at the Battle of Jakku. And then that that picture of him and his family, and I can't believe like some Star Wars fans have absolute eagle vision. Yes, the picture of the, his family, the background of the shot, what it's it's somebody compared it to a, a shot from Galaxy's Edge, and it's is it's exact the same structures. So I I don't know if that's if that part of Galaxy's Edge is from Batu, but it's definitely 100% the same place and somebody nailed that and it's ridiculous to me that somebody's got the ability to pay attention that way. Uh, and another couple just a couple quick notes here. The, that creepy alien who offered Kaz a place to live. <laughs> was that Miss Gray? <laughs> no. I thought it was, I thought it was like her, their version of Herbert the creepy old pedophile from Family Guy. I got the impression it was female. Um, maybe I don't. I I thought I, I don't know. I just thought it was really this guy, this little creature, is sort of hitting on Kaz. Like, oh God! I resent the way you talk about that creepy old guy from Family Guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's no whistle in your teeth. You get some dentures there. I think Herbert. it's. I think it's unfair. Because <laughs> I put fixadent in my dentures, and now I don't whistle. Oh. Oh boy, stay away from my kids, Herbert. <laughs> Beat you with your walker. <laughs> I have some candy in my front pocket. <laughs> <laughs> if you just want to give it an old reachy. Take your time, look around in there. Oh god, gross. Uh, you went thing. too far. You went I went too far. <laughs> uh, good time. <laughs> um did you notice, Corey, they were talking about uh, Ruckland's group wanting to steal the Corellian hyperfuel from, from Jaeger's yeah, uh, garage? Definitely a, a cool little throw in there. I, I thought that was really neat. It also yeah, kind of cool says that... Yeah, shout to, to Solo, right? But yeah, go ahead. Well, it also just whatever. It's kind of silly. It just says that, you know, Corellia is still on top. It's still the, uh, the Detroit of the galaxy far, far away from an automotive standpoint, but also from a slum standpoint. Well, it it said to me that just sort of like a real world interesting thing that when whenever they wrote this, cause it, I th- I think we got to consider that it takes a lot longer than we think to do animation like this. This stuff was probably done well, well, well over a year ago. In fact, I think there's there's concept art of Kaz dating back to like 2015 or early 2016. Like this stuff goes back a ways. And so they, they kept referring it referring to it as Corellian hyperfuel. And I wonder if that's simply because they when they wrote that episode, they didn't know that it would, it would be called coaxium. Otherwise they they would have just called it that, right? Hmm. Well, maybe Corellian hyperfuel is like coaxium else? plus Corellian <laughs> super stuff, you know? Like, yeah, no, it's true. It's a Corellian hyperfuel might not be coaxium at all. It could be something totally it's, different. Yeah, it's like, to me, I kind of figured it was, it almost sounded like nitrous oxide. You know what I mean? Like, you got your regular fuel and then you got your 
your rocket pack kind of deal, you know, your boost, yeah. your nitro. Anyway, I, I thought that was interesting. Um, and then finally, for Walking Dead fans among us, uh, Aunt Z is voiced by Tova Felshu, who is otherwise known as Deanna from The Walking Dead, which I didn't know until until today. I was like, I wonder who does the voices. Oh boy, it's Deanna. Who's Deanna? <laughs> remember that one, Carlos? Who's Deanna? Do you remember Deanna from uh, The Walking Dead? Yeah, of course, of course. And then uh, the, the first time we, we hear about her, uh, what's his face with the handlebars? Uh, uh, Abraham. Yeah. So they kind of made a big joke about the way uh, Michael Cudlitz, who's Deanna? They just played that up big time for the, for the longest time in uh, Walking Dead fandom. But yeah, there's there's a connection there between the two franchises. I like it. Yeah, kind of cool. All right, let's step away here, take a quick break, and uh, we'll let you guys hear from Devin from Outer Rim Originals. And uh, we'll be right back. Hey, Tumbling Saber listeners, I hope you're enjoying this great podcast. This is Devin Cleffer from Outer Rim Originals, your online source for limited edition Star Wars artwork from officially licensed Disney and Topps artists. Each Outer Rim Originals artwork has the industry's lowest run of only 45 prints. All limited edition pieces from Outer Rim Originals are printed on archival quality Z-Clay paper, are hand-numbered, signed by the artist, and include a certificate of authenticity from Outer Rim Originals. And because you're a listener of this podcast, Outer Rim Originals is offering you the opportunity to purchase a limited edition signed print with 10% off of your order. Simply head to OuterRimOriginals.com and enter the discount code TumblingSaber, the number 10. That's TumblingSaber, number 10. Then get ready to be the envy of the galaxy with a limited edition signed print from Outer Rim Originals. Remember, OuterRimOriginals.com, discount code TumblingSaber10. That's OuterRimOriginals.com, TumblingSaber10. Now, back to the podcast. There goes Devin from Outer Rim Originals and Unmistakably Star Wars, our good friends. Uh, so keep that website handy. Be sure to give them a visit uh, when, when the mood strikes. If something, something jumps out at you, remember, we got that TumblingSaber10 discount code. Uh, all right, so let's uh, let's move on here with the questions. And uh, we've got one from Dan this week. Dan Miles chimes in. He says, here's something I've been thinking about. Do you think it's more likely we get a Return of the, style, Return of the Jedi style vibe to Episode 9? Ben redeemed, First Order destroyed, etc. Or will we get more of a Mortis style conclusion? With JJ at the helm, will he push the envelope a bit more and create something mythical and ethereal? taking the overall scope of Star Wars into a wider and more opaque realm. Lost was a kind of a world between worlds in the end. He's got history with the whole light and dark balancing act with the characters in that. Can we expect something closer to the mystery of Mortis or the safe finality of Jedi? Carlos, where do you stand on this one? Um, I don't know if if JJ uh, knows Ethereal. Like, I don't know if he knows opaque. You know what I mean? Like, there, mm-hmm. I, I don't see him very wow. create. Like, I, I don't know if he's going to go away from a formula that exists in his own mind. Well, ethereal is kind of like he, Dan had pointed out, like the, the whole lost premise, you know, like that's kind of messed up. Yeah, but lost is, yeah, but if you can't tie it up, and you can't conclude it properly, 
then what are we talking about? Well, that's that's kind of a different I point. Was in but... thr- I, I watched I watched the first two seasons of Lost. I got spoiled on the ending before I, before I can get there because I started watching it lately, obviously. And it was such a turnoff. So if that's if that's what people consider mystical or ethereal from from uh, with JJ at the helm, I might prefer to get a rehash of Return of the Jedi because I, I at least I know about thirty percent of people are going to like it. Well, this this is the thing. Like, I guess in Episode Nine, he's directly involved. It's him and Chris Terrio writing the damn thing. So. He's going to have a very heavy say in in how this all plays out. Do we? Like, I don't know. I've never watched a single episode of Lost. I don't know. Same. Th- we talked about this, Corey and I, this weekend. JJ with Westworld. He's an executive producer on that. Like these guys aren't at the writing table, are they? Like I don't know. What what does JJ do on these <laughs> shows? I know his name is attached, and I think I think that's more just to attach his name to it. Just to get, you know, give the show some credibility and to attach a big name to the show, so people go, "Oh, wow, okay, I, I, I'm gonna have to watch this. It'll be good." But really, what is he? What did he have to do with Lost and uh, Westworld? I don't know. I, I don't think anybody really knows. Well, I definitely think <clears throat> yes. In order to put your money where your mouth is, like you have to be able to like read the script at least. If you like the premise, then you can endorse it, right? It's not like he's blindly going into something. That's for sure. No, of course not. But he's 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 not writing the show, as far as I know. He's not directing episodes. He's executive producing. As nebulous as that is, could mean anything. Well, when it comes to Star Wars, it's a bit different because he's got other titles as well. For sure. I mean, I I, I don't know. This this is a good question. It really does, I think, make you think. Like, for me, I, I'm wondering if we can have it both ways in this movie. Like, I, th- I think there's going to be finality to the the political conflict, the military conflict of the Resistance versus First Order. I think that will be completely resolved and galactic peace politically will be achieved. I think that's going to be 100% sewn up. And I think from the Force user, Ray Kylo perspective, I think things are going to be much less cut and dry. That's that's kind of the way I see it at, at at a very high level. Corey, what do you think? It's pretty funny, man. Like I love listening to you first sometimes because I'm like, oh, bastard! Like you're stealing a lot of my stuff. But yeah, I, th- I th- again, I think it's a great question. I think it's one that's been on our minds or all our minds kind of since 2012. In a way, could have been far back there, but the end goal is where is this saga going? You know, and once we get the answer, it's probably going to be one that we're going to discuss possibly for the rest of our lives, you know, but I'm, I'm on the same boat as Kyle. Like in the sense that I think it could possibly be both like being the end again, it's the conclusion. It needs to be firing on all cylinders. So I think we need that kind of happy ending nostalgia thing. Like I want that as well. Call me sappy, whatever, but I really do want something like that. But at the same time, I'm a big believer in Ray and Kylo playing their part in this bigger aspect of the force. Uh, we've heard Ryan Johnson and Filoni had a discussion and Filoni kind of recommended watch the Mortis, uh, the Mortis arc, you know, JJ had to have seen it as well. And I, I don't know how 
deep they'll take it like the world between worlds like what they did in in rebels i I don't think they'll go necessarily that far and make it that out there in a way but i i think it's something has to be at stake here it can't just be you know resistance versus first order political battle military battle and kylo's redemption arc like what else is there after that there has to be what's the MacGuffin of this film and personally i think it must have something to do with the force in a big way and i think it like i I know i'm asking for a lot here because i I want it all man but it has to be a big part of it like i what are ray and kylo's futures and i I think their destinies are kind of like intertwined a bit you know like kind of like the uh gatekeeper and the key master you know like something's going on there so i i'm on the same page I, i think it could be both and i want it to be both like you can keep it a bit ambiguous at the end, but uh, we definitely want a conclusion, <clears throat> a resolution, and uh, but force-wise, uh, I want to see it opening, opening up a bit more. Like we've seen so much in animation that the regular film goer doesn't necessarily watch, and we know the force really works in really mysterious ways. So uh, I'm I'm down with that aspect. I'd like to see something mystical like that. Say force goes jamboree, Corey. Force ghost jamboree with oh, yeah, that's with what you a, want. Oh god, with a campfire. That's a terrible idea. <clears throat> uh, yeah, I don't know. I it's hard to say. Like, will they? I mean, they've been selling this as the conclusion, right? That's that's what they've been saying to us. So. If that's the way you're going to sell this movie, if that's the expectation that you're going to build, and they've got to be careful this time, because fans are in a really pissy mood. And you can always say, screw the fans, just do the movie. Um, if you're going to, if you're going to set expectations at a certain point, you got, I think this time you got to follow through. So if you're selling this as the conclusion, then conclude it. And from that regard, it makes me believe that they, can and should even make things pretty well final on the force aspect of it because like even if they want to leave it ambiguous for potential future movies like it like the ending of nine who cares it it really doesn't matter like we said the, the way they ended jedi that was pretty final and yet here we are right so who who cares what how they end nine from that aspect if they want to do 10, 11, 12, what they do in 9 really is besides the point. So uh, I would say my my brain says conclude it, but my heart says they're going to leave it open somewhat. Just something that we can, a little thread for us to pull on to say, yeah, but, you know, there was that look from that person or... Broom boy. Something happened there that makes me think that maybe, you know, whatever. The, the the door is still cracked open just a touch. I saw something today that instantly made me think of J.J. Abrams. It was somebody's uh, prediction of what episode nine would be. And um, it's a uh, whole war. Everything happens, blah, blah, blah. And then Ben Solo as a younger kid wakes up and he was all a dream. Oh. 
and I threw up in my mouth a bit. Like, I'm not gonna lie. That's awful. I yeah, was like, no. that's like the most JJ ish thing ever. And uh, yeah, I was not pleased with that. It left a uh, distinctly sour taste in my mouth. It was just a, a force vision, man. Ugh. Lesson learned, Wait, no, that's, Kylo. That's, don't go down that route. Isn't that Dallas? It was all a dream. Is that what that was a whole season? Out? There was a whole season, I think, of Dallas or or uh, fuck, I don't know, the Knox Landing or whatever the hell it is. I, I don't know. <laughs> One of those old eighties yes. soap operas, right? The whole season was a whole dream. Like that was. If you think about it, it's great, right? Like they did a they did a really good job, but oh, once, but that works once. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Like you can you catch everybody off guard one time with that kind of move. After that, it's if if you're anybody else trying it in some of the franchise, ooh, say your prayers, man. Well, The Walking <laughs> Dead would uh, would uh, choose to argue, considering I think three years in a row they had Glenn die, or, or they had people thinking that Glenn was dead at the end of the season. Oh, jeez. Oh, man. They did it three times. Uh, at least three times, right? Was it three times? Yeah, pretty pretty sure. Well, I, I remember once season four or five when he was trapped uh, by that next to the dumpster or he, or he got knocked off a, a dumpster. I think that was five. I th- yeah, I think that was that was during the... Ale- uh, no. Yeah, the, yeah, it was Alexandria. He was with, uh, he was- he was with that other douche. And uh, his, his the douche's corpse actually... Shielded, shielded him. him, yeah. But there was yeah, also yeah the, the way they sh- the way they shot it there. It was like uh, the way they shot the angle looked like the zombies were eating yes. Glenn's body. Yes, but it was they were eating the, the the guy on top of him. Yeah, exactly. And I think the season before was the terminus ending. Uh, no, there was one. No, there was the prison ending. Season three, season four, and then season five. So three years in a row, and then finally they got around to actually doing it. Yeah, sorry, spoilers. Negan plays T-ball with his head. Oh, that was harsh. Oh, yeah, brutal. That was harsh. And not only that, just later on, just the, the detail of the mush where his head should have been on the floor. Oh, like just the special effects there. I was like, Ooh. but it's incredible because that was like a blink and you miss it shot. Yeah, and it's like off to the side. But of course, you go your eye goes there because yeah. that's where Glenn's body is, and just. Yeah, where the head is supposed to be is just a pile of goo. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, pretty brutal. Very effectively done. Anyway, there's our Walking Dead tangent. I'm I'm still over a season behind now. Like, I'm way back. Falling further behind every week. I feel like a Miami Dolphin falling, falling further behind. Oh, please. Why do you have to go there? Why? <laughs> feel my misery. <laughs> I love it. You shut your face. Awesome. Um, all right, uh, Dan. <laughs> you shut your face. <laughs> uh, I'd love to hear what what the rest of you think. What kind of finality do we want to this, to this in any regard? I, I I just want a good story. I think I, I want to enjoy this movie. I want fans at the end of this just to just look at each other and go, "That was fun. That was cool. I'm happy with the way they they wrap this up." Yeah, make it make it R two D two in like another hundred years in the future, like recounting the that it was him recounting the entire story to like a group of Padawans or something, you know. Hmm. That would be final. That's not the dumbest thing I've ever heard you say, Corey. It's the wills, the wills. Like, I wonder if they would ever bring that to the screen. I don't think they would. 
like that's that that really puts you in a corner doesn't it you can see like the future you know it's 100 years in the future you know you see there's actually like a successful academy and whatever there's peace and R2 is just re- recounting it all. Yeah. I mean, that's what the crawls are. For, for those who aren't, uh, who hadn't known that, the, the opening crawls are basically R2's version of events as he tells them to uh, the, the keeper of the journals of the wills. Is that how it goes? Something like it's that. 100, it's 100 years after Return of the Jedi. That's it, man. Imagine, imagine that. Like if that was actually the case. If the if the movie ended like that, I I would be surprised because I actually like yeah. the idea. I like that idea. It, it it's kind of cool because yeah it it that book ends it though right. That kind that of feels like and that this chapters, is how the story ends and you just you just don't go any further beyond that point. I still like it. I don't know if I, I like the idea of it, like Carlos said, but I don't know if I need to see it. It would I make really me don't. pretty emotional. Well, lots of things make you emotional. So? Remember that chili you had that one time, Corey? Was it chili? I don't know. <laughs> Remember those five plates of Chinese food? Yeah. <laughs> and then then the doubles. Yeah, yeah. The Let's doubles. not talk about that. Let's not talk about that. Well, people will hear that on Garbage Shoot, oh. which which it literally became. <laughs> oh, my, my. Uh, all right. You can't blame but, me. You know, so, Corey, what about Mortis? Like, do we want to see something as crazy as Anakin taking the role of the father and Rey and Kylo taking the, the daughter-son spots? Would you want to go that far and have them position those three people in that way i don't know it would be that'd be pretty deep because mortis cuts deep man like i don't know man if that really is the way of things you know like the balance and all that then maybe it should play into this you know and kylo does kind of resemble the sun in a way you know just the way he dresses anyhow but I don't know. I I think it's very possible. Like I don't think JJ would go. I don't think they'd go as far as to have the three of them in some sort of like two D painting. But thematically, they could line them up that way. Well, that's it. That I would that would be some kind of wild. I don't know. Like the chosen ones from either side, the yin and the yang. You know, like something about these two that has to be the MacGuffin. Like within the force, like. I don't know, bringing balance. I mean, I know that's kind of a simplification of things, but I just, I just want Kylo to die. <laughs> I, I, I just want him to go. Sorry, I'm sorry for all the uh, the Kylo fans out there. I, I, he deserves it. He's a terrible person. He, he yeah, he literally does deserve it. Uh, like that that scene where where Ray slices him, and just. Let's have that Adam Driver face, but just finish the job. <laughs> just cut a couple inches deeper. No, 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 just but like almost like a mercy killing at the end where she takes the lightsaber and just plunges it through his heart while he's like reaching out with his hand. Mercy kill Kylo. Hashtag. I don't know. I, don't, I yeah, definitely you could, don't think I, it's I going imagine, down that route. I mean, the, the two are going to come to blows in episode nine, right? They're, they're going to fight. 
what's so wrong with Kylo like finally realizing the folly of his ways? You know what I mean? Because we've seen it. Still. I mean it. I don't know. We've seen it. It's it's Oh, yes, grandfather. And now I get it. <laughs> oh, I should I I need to atone. Okay. As long as they don't give us the Adam Driver. Actually, he could put a, probably give us a pretty good no. Like somebody. <laughs> no, like no, no, no. <laughs> somebody in episode, like every conclusion of a trilogy gives you the, the death of a character. Where you're like, yes, like that guy got it. You get that satisfaction from seeing uh, the big bad go down. You can't tell me Hux is going to be that guy or I prefer that to be honest. What? Yeah, like, man. You're going to be satisfied if Hux gets I don't know, shot or goes down in a ship. That's that's you're going to be your fist pump moment going, yeah, the first order got it. And No, I think my fist pump moment is going to be like I don't know, man, like I'm not going to say I love Kylo Ren's character, but I think his arc, the his mother, everything at stake, his feelings for Rey, I think he's going to come around at one point. <laughs> And like, it's going to be too late for him either way, but I'm kind of on that boat. I think that's going to be a much, make for more emotional story. Think of a guy like uh, in Lord of the Rings, uh, Denethor, right? Where he was like a lunatic through what, up until halfway through uh, Return of the King. He's a complete nut job. And then as he's burning alive on this pile of, of wood and oil, then he comes around, he sees his son's face, and now, oh yeah, there's my son. I love, I forgot that I, all this time that I actually love my son. Like, now at the end, he's finally like, oops, I I, uh, I kind of was uh, out of line this whole time. I was wrong. Like, is it going to be that kind of thing for Kylo, where he's <laughs> actually dying, and for him to realize, oh god. Yes. Yeah, my bad. I think, I think it's going to take his life. Like, like the only way for like things to go on is for him to die and he's gonna be like he's gonna do it like there's no other way kind of deal i hope i just hope ray kicks his ass so hard just so hard i think it's it's a it's an interesting trope uh to to mirror our society now of like people realizing only when it's too late that they were wrong and if kylo is there amputated or I don't know, slowly oh. dying, like, and he realizes it then, and you have all that regret flooding into his face, and then he dies without him being able to use his power for any good whatsoever. Um, I think that says a lot more that regret teaches a bigger lesson than if than the the, the lesson of forgiveness. Yeah, I I could agree with that. If if Kylo comes around and says. You you get the impression that yeah okay, I was wrong all this time and and just dies okay he's dead as long as he just just I don't want him around post episode nine. See that's the that's the thing like like what's kind of like Kylo's intentions really now at this point you know like especially toward Ray and like how does Ray feel about him more importantly as well like you know after like. Force Awakens, she was almost like vengeance in a way. Like Last Jedi, she was kind of like, you know, like I, I guess almost in a way feeling sorry for him, kind of trying to understand him. So where, what are her intentions toward him now? Like being 
what she is like that, that representation of the light, she's not going to be like vengeance, you know, like she's going to want to do something to change the situation. Yeah, it's well, that that is interesting, and and the time jump will will obviously serve a lot of that. I mean, she slams the door in his face, right? Is that because she's fed up with him, and this this guy's a lost cause? Like that's kind of how I read it. Yeah, true, but at the same time, like she's not gonna she's not gonna go hunt him down. You know what I mean? Like, no, no, I don't think. She, yeah, no, she. I don't think she's like I. I have to go after him, or maybe, maybe she will make that call. That I, I, you know, to stop this, I have to, I have to kill Kylo Ren. I still Maybe have that's where this goes. I still hope it has something to do with JJ's original, like the visions of the Knights of Ren and stuff. I hope it's like a, it was a future force forward, you know, like, I don't know. Yeah. Really interesting stuff. Uh, I, I, I really don't want to see smiley Kylo at the end. No, he's always he sad. He'll be always be sad. Like, I'm only going to get satisfaction from, from this movie if he dies. <laughs> There's a harsh statement. Uh, anyway, I'm sure we'll be back on this at some point in the next uh, what, 442 days. I think that's the, the count for now, or 4, 424? Pretty sure. Something like that. Pretty sure, yeah. We, we're going to do an over-under on that, and uh, it needs to be a lot higher than 4. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Dan. Thank you for the question, sir. All right, so now we're going to play a game. So everybody, get your pen and paper out. Hit pause. Do that now. Sorry. No, that was that was appropriate. Called for. <clears throat> so now that I'm everybody curious. has. Everybody's got a, everybody's got a pen and paper, or if you if you're like a douchey hipster, you got your Bluetooth typewriter. Uh, let's let's go with this here. So, it's a game called Am I Too Rigid? Am I Too so, Rigid? Okay, cool. So, we've been spending a lot. We just spent a lot of time talking about Episode Nine. It's it's what we are, are doing now as a fandom for obvious reasons. Talking about this con- this really uh, important film. But I'm nervous about a lot of things in the movie. And Carlos, I know you are too. Oh boy. So I find myself thinking about possibilities in the movie that I find utterly reprehensible and vile. And I want to talk about them here. (laughs) So again, get your pen and paper out and write down these options. And then we're going to rank them from most tolerable to I'm going to troll Abrams every day for the next nine months over this. Okay, so option number one. <clears throat> Force Ghost Leia. Just write that down. Alright. Option number option number two. Destruction of the Falcon or killing off a legacy character. Option number three. A bait and switch with Kylo becoming the real hero at the expense of Rey. So we're, we're talking about shoving Rey to the backseat as eh, maybe a secondary hero in all of this. And their next, your next option is a force ghost jamboree, Ugh. which we've spoken about already, kind of. 
And then our final option is Romantic Raylo. Oh. So those are our five options. And I'm sure if you guys are out there listening, feel free to play your own game and then send us, you know, tweet us your, your thoughts or put them in the Facebook group. Five, however many things that make you nervous about nine and rank them from, from, I can deal with that. I don't want it. I could, but I could deal to, if they do this, I'm going to lose my, my mind. All right. So let's, let's rank these. Let's start with, uh, we're going to start with most tolerable. I'll, I'll give mine first just to give you guys a couple minutes to, to rank these and think them over. But at the bottom of my list, the most tolerable of these five awful options, I'm going to go with the Force Ghost Jamboree. I think it's it's cheap. If we bring in Anakin and Obi-Wan and Yoda and Qui-Gon and who knows who else. Ah. It's, that, I don't want to see that. I could deal with a couple of, of Force Ghosts. I don't need to see everybody. No reason for that, in my opinion. But if they did it, I'm, I'm sure I'll, I'll manage. Who's Who wants to go first with uh, their... Least offensive? Least offensive. Okay, I'll jump on this one. So number five on my list, least offensive would be uh, the destruction of the Falcon or the death of a legacy character. You can, I guess, yeah, I guess if you can come up with a good compelling reason to do it and they go out in a blaze of glory, then okay. The Falcon's been waiting to get destroyed since, uh, since a new hope. (laughs) Uh, It's, uh, it's, it's not looking like Lando's Falcon. Hashtag. Oh, hell no. Hashtag not my Falcon. And, uh, (laughs) You know, there's a certain other character that Kyle loves that's attached to the Falcon. Okay, but that's he's a legacy character, two for one, whatever, man. Yep, exactly. Let's do let's do it let's do it in a way that where Chewie becomes the ultimate hero of the saga. Sold. I'm okay with that. Definitely least offensive in my mind. He's over 200 years Great. old. Let him let him go. <laughs> but what if that's young man for a Wookiee? That's that's middle aged. Barely. <sighs> I didn't, say it had to, I didn't say it had to be Chewie, but uh, if it was and, and it, it really moved the plot along and and made it a, a sacrifice that everybody could like get behind, then, yeah, I mean, I don't see it as detestable as some of the other freaking options you put on this thing. Well, I guess I guess the easy loophole, I, I didn't close off any loopholes in this, and I know Corey is licking his chops. It's part of the reason why I didn't give you guys the options beforehand. But you could loophole and say, well, yeah, if they killed off C-3PO, he's a legacy character, I would do a dance of joy. Does he Does he not count? <laughs> oh, he definitely counts. They put oh, him back okay. together. Don't you worry. No, no, no. His chips uh, get melted. Back it's a total loss. Get stomped flat by a walker. Total or loss. Like that. Just... Forget about it. It's over. Total <laughs> loss. The insurance company's paying you. It's over. It's not in the wills. All right, Corey, what is your most tolerable? Uh, out of those, most tolerable? Well, I'll, I'll switch it up just to stir the pot a bit. Force Ghost Leia. <clears throat> Give me some of that. All right. I mean, that well, also I, I, plays into, that also bleeds into Death of a Legacy character, right? It was because we know she's in the film, but if she's a Force Ghost by the end, loophole, 
uh yeah <laughs> yeah uh, she, she fits into like that would fit into a couple of categories here first of, of legacy character and in the force ghost jamboree but mm-hmm. leia is such a special case in nine because of carrie fisher and all that stuff i i i, I broke her out on her own because it's that is a big deal unto itself yeah and to be honest i see it having its place hopefully in this story again the mother son story who Leia is, the circumstances surrounding Carrie Fisher, you know, how powerful Leia truly was. We don't know yet, man. Like, it's it's Leia, man. That's all that's all I can ever say. You know, like Yoda wanted her over Luke. There's a reason for that. She was much more adept at learning. Look how much Ray's learned in like two days. You know what I mean? <laughs> Careful now. Yeah. Either way, you it's might just get com- the Mary Sue boogeyman out. I'm saying I love that. Leia is a powerful, powerful woman, and she probably knows more than she even leads on. Her strong connection to Luke had seen over and over again. I don't know, man. I think there's a lot going on there that we don't know yet. I, I can agree with that. It's so wide open. What did Luke t- teach her in those 32 years? Like, once... You know, he's... Oh, maybe not Charles Soule, but... Next big arc, they should do like a Leia narrative, you know, like just the way that they played through Vader, like 50 issues, two different volumes, you know? Sure. <laughs> Twist my arm. Um, Well, I'll follow you up there, Corey. So that that is my number four. That's my next least least uh, or most tolerable option is Force Ghost Leia. And again, I've, I've sort of railed on against the, the idea of that just because it just it feels really contrived and it it feels like if 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 a fan could come up with that as a, the thing to do with Leia it's probably too easy and lazy to do that and that's where I'm coming from so i i prefer not to see it uh but if they did it i'm sure there's somehow some way to to make it really poignant so i'll slot it in there next uh, Carlos, what do you got next? So my number four is uh, Force Ghost Leia. Woo! With the caveat. Hey, Carlos. With the cat. Hold on. Hold your horses, buddy. With the caveat that it's not part of an FGJ. Oh, yeah. If it's not part of the Force, uh, I, uh, Force Ghost Jamboree. <laughs> yes. Uh, if it's not part of a Force Ghost Jamboree, then it's the fourth... What about uh, Space uh, Twins, Luke and Leia? Okay, is it that is that part of a Force Ghost Jamboree at the end of a movie around the uh, campfire? No, I don't. I don't want. I don't want to see Qui Gon, but Yoda would be nice. Okay, but you had your time to talk. Like, uh, wow, this f-ing guy. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, womp womp. Yeah, no, that's it. That's uh, for me. That's the, the that's the the important caveat because if not, then it would be a one and two. Uh, yeah, I would have to put one and two together. I like where you guys' heads are at, though. I have to say that, man. Like, you guys just dumped on me forever about me talking Leia Force Ghost. So, Corey, no, no, Corey, this is the second least offensive. (laughs) Yeah, this is a list of five terrible things. They're all terrible. I I love how you love the idea now, and I always loved it. It's, It's not, you didn't love, but. You're dumping on it less. 
than you well, were. Yeah, because they have to give an option. That's the game, Corey. <laughs> Who's your number <laughs> four, five. Corey? My number four? Oh, God. Uh... I guess, I don't know. Let's get a little more definition on your jamboree here, Kyle. Like what, what can, how many, how many Jedi force? Take it however you want. Like if it means like continuously throughout the film, one force ghost after another pops up. And by the end of it, you go, well, that was a stupid force ghost jamboree film. Like every 20 minutes, a different force ghost was popping up to somebody to sermonize. No, if you want to call it, if that's your definition, fine. If, if, at the end of the movie, there's a, a campfire and six different Force Ghosts pop up. There's your Force Ghost Jamboree. Like, I, we don't need to see all of these people who have graduated to Force Ghostdom. Well, I definitely like to see Anakin and Yoda. I don't necessarily need to see Obi-Wan there, but, you know, Yoda. I'm on, I'm on board with Anakin. That would be pretty I cool. Think as, as the central character <clears throat> of the saga, I think somehow that makes a lot of sense. Yoda had his turn. I don't know that we need to bring him back. Like, we're, Oh, how's this, Kyle? And Luke. Luke has to come back. Yeah, for sure. I think that's a given. I mean, obviously, Luke is coming back. But not necessarily Remember, as a force, he, he, force Mark Hamill re-reconfirmed. How's, how's this, Kyle? Anakin's there. And then right after, the last person to force ghosts appear. Ben Solo and Anakin gives him a big noogie. Okay, You'd love look, that, eh? You listen to me. <laughs> if there's like a force ghost jamboree by the fire and Anakin's there and his son, his son who, who who's like three times his age, Mark Hamill pops up and they're like, yay. And they kind of like pull arm around each other. And then, oh, Leia pops up too, and we're like, "Oh, look at the whole the, the Skywalker family's together." And then if Ben Solo pops up, then Han, I would, then Padme. Oh my god! <laughs> I would I would expect Leia or somebody to give Kylo the worst atomic wedgie in the history of the universe, or or kick him in the pills so hard he comes back to the land of the living so that Chewie can pull his arms off. Jesus, man. You haven't seen yeah. the movie yet. Corey, this is the internet 2018. Yeah, this is pretty bad, man. Come on, relax. Chill, man. You, you, no, no. You you come hard right to the hoop or you you just stay home. Bah. I think, you, I think ah. you're being uh, <laughs> I don't know. Am I being too rigid? This is the game, Corey. Yeah, you're too rigid. That's the word. That's the word I'm looking for. Okay, uh, either way, I'll go with... Uh, uh, jamboree. But Jamboree, to me, consists no more like than four Jedi. Like, if we're getting Obi-Wan, Qui-Gon, and like, Kit Fisto and all those guys, then yeah, I'm out. But definitely Leia. But that's exactly what a Jamboree is. <laughs> what do you mean? You had three at the end of Return of the Jedi. Was that a jamboree? Well, I asked no, for the definition of jamboree prior. Jamboree is like, more than four, Corey. Okay, so mine's under four. Look, just use moderation, okay? If there's an excessive, unnecessary amount of, of force ghosts, I don't want there's that. There's your jamboree. I like you I like don't... the significant characters, man. Like Anakin, maybe Yoda. Even Yoda's a bit of a stretch, but at least Anakin, Luke, possibly Leia. The Skywalker family would be... 
uh, acceptable. Look, we had three at the end of Return of the Jedi. And I think that three in that context is not a force course jamboree. But if you were going to bring back characters that weren't even in this part, of the, this part of the saga at all, yeah, it's garbage. Just to have them there, that would be considered a jamboree. It's a f- yeah, exactly. If you, if you're just adding it in for no other reason than just to add them, like whoever, po- like Skywalker is excluded. Oh God! Come on, like Obi Wan, Anakin, and and uh, Yoda all had a relationship with Luke over the course of the OT. Whoever pops up as a force ghost in this movie needs to have a relationship with Ray or Kylo. Kylo If he, or Kylo, if he's able to see force ghosts, that's it. And Yoda has no relationship that we know of with Kylo or Ray and none with Ray. So to me, he doesn't have a place in this movie. Uh, Obi-Wan spoke to Ray uh, that's it's tenuous on that one. Qui Gon, no way. Uh, although Leia did know Ray, I don't think she has any business appearing to her as a Force ghost. Um, who's left? Unless Anakin, it's with Ben Solo. Can Anakin and Anakin has no connection to Ray, unless there's some sort of connection that we have yet to to see. To me, the only people really that have a like Luke and an outside shot at Obi Wan. That's that's kind of that's kind of it for me. I like Leia too. Like Space Twins makes sense. Like she has, uh, she knows of Leia. She got the hug over Chewie. Come on, recognize. Moving on. <laughs> Are we back to me now? Yep. Uh, my middle of the road number three is the destruction of Falcon or legacy character. I'm getting to the point where now you're starting to push my buttons. Although Carlos, like you said, there, if there's a story reason to do it, all right. But I, I feel like you you came this far. Why do it now? Are, are you just looking to pull heartstrings at this point? Uh, looking looking for some sort of shock value at this point of the of the saga? I feel like it's kind of unnecessary. Like if you're like, imagine you're going to I love hearing R2 the D2 denial flat. here. No denial. <laughs> it is the conclusion, I Kyle. I, I don't know. I just, I, I don't see the value in it at this point. Aside from making you super emotional. I could still see that the night it ha- like the night of the premiere get there. So Kyle Falcon, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I'm going home. <laughs> yeah. Screw you guys. I'm going home. That's not how it's said. No, it's not. But this is not I'm set disturbers. <laughs> this is not set disturbers. So. <laughs> Kyle will probably judo chop me right in the throat. Bah! It's like, now? What do you got to say now? Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Carlos, what's, what's your uh, third option? So my third option uh, is the bait and switch with the caveat that Ben becomes good, but Ray has to turn bad. So if, if Ben turns good, Ray has to go bad. Yes. That's, that's the most like horrible that, thing that, ever. I think Ben turning Ray, Ray turning bad pushes Ben to be like, okay, hold, hold on. So this is not right. 
And and if that, if if that's the way it you know if that's the way it happens, then it's third on my list, or else it would be tied for first. Because any other type of, oh okay, I'm good now. I saw the error of my ways. Without like an actual 180 in in the story, then I don't want to have anything to do with that. Yeah, I see where you're coming from, Corey. Um, I guess my number three, I'll go with Destruction of the Falcon legacy character. Oh, ring the bell. It is what it is. I mean, the last two are pretty detestable, so I don't want to see the Falcon go either. And I think we're bound to see a legacy character go. I mean, we've already mentioned it with Leia, Force Ghost Leia. That was my number one, so. JJ loves to kill people. It, 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 it's hard to let people go, man. It really is in film, especially a film like this, man. Like seeing Luke force ghosts in The Last Jedi, I was like, I don't know. Hard to describe. It is. I mean, because this film, I mean, it's it's got to answer all the bells. It's got to tick all the boxes. It's got to be a, a crowd pleaser, but it's also got to be tense and emotional. It's got to have stakes. It's... It, there's a lot riding on this. I I have no idea who they're going to kill off, but JJ rarely leaves uh, a cast unscathed. How about Lando Chewie combo Falcon? All three. Three for one, man. Can you show yourself out, please? That'd be pretty emotional, eh, Kyle? I'll show you emotional. Put my foot up your ass. <laughs> Very possible, Kyle. Very, very possible. You're grinding my gears. Think about it, man. You can't be realistic, yo. Yeah, you know what really grinds my gears? <laughs> I'm gonna t- uh, yeah, Corey's the perfect guy to uh, teach me how to be realistic. Yeah. I'm just saying. <laughs> kind of makes sense. Where's James? Does we it? need something quippier than just laughter. We need James. Where's James? <laughs> Calling on James. Shine the bat signal. All right. Where are we? Are we back around to me? Yeah. Back around to you. Number two. Uh, It's the bait and switch. I just, I think that would be a colossal, stupid move. You've set up Rey as the hero this whole time. You've got a whole generation of, of female fans who are like, finally, we get a great hero and wait what oh wait she's not it's the guy again oh should have seen this coming and even if the story turns out to be great there's just gonna be all kinds of uproar and fandom and i just don't want it so don't do it just don't do it don't don't pull the rug out from from under ray don't do it and i'll keep that one short because i can't really i can't make it any clearer don't do it and Carlos, moving on to you. Hold on. So wait, let, let's talk about your one because now we know what your one is. I I, I think we might all match up on one. Is that? I I don't know. We're gonna be. It's it's up there. Nobody's mentioned it yet. So so, your number one is the romantic. If you're gonna do two, you gotta do one. You can't just leave one hanging, right? So, well, all right, all right, let's right. go round table. No, 
Where are you at on number two, Carlos? Because what we're gonna do? No, it's because we're gonna. It's gonna be a group discussion. I think if if we do if we do it that way. But look, my my number two is uh, Romantic Raylo. Uh, but it should. It's really my number one. You see, I was gonna make a joke about it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I had my uh, Force Gauche Jamboree at number one. Uh, with the caveat that if they use n- Yub Nub as the music, then it goes to number two. Because <laughs> <laughs> the romantic Raylo idea is disgusting. I don't want to have anything to do with that. It's going to make me feel gross. I'm going to have to shower afterwards. Uh, I may just not even buy the buy the digital copy. Yeah. Uh, um, it, it, Platonic it, love is cool. No, no, stop. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> So yeah, so th- my number two because we know that they're not going to use Yubnub, right? We know that it's too bad. If they did, I would accept it at. at uh, I would accept it at. Uh, I would accept it at number two. Let, 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 it, it, it's it's very very close between those bottom three. Are very very cool. And Force Ghost Leia actually make can make an appearance in the Force Ghost Jamboree, which would like ruin everything. So you did a really good job of finding five detestable options <laughs> for the history or the, for the whole for the whole uh, the way the the whole saga ends. And uh, so, congrats to you, Kyle, for uh, showing us that we are yes too rigid. But well, that's the scary thing. Like, I I look at each of these and go, that could happen in the movie. There's not there. I don't think there's anything on this list where I go that could this one. I'm I'm overreacting. This one could not happen. I think any of these could happen, and that's why they're on this list. Oh boy, I hope no. Let's hope only four of these can happen. If I had to strike one from the one from the list, to be 100 like honest, it's the romantic Raylo. Nobody, nobody wants to see that. Seriously. Oh, there are. There's a lot of people that want to see that. No, no, no. But they're not. Yeah. They're not real people. Those yeah. are called. Those are Russian bots. Who are? I wish I could say that. Who have been created to sow discord? Oh, there, there are a lot of people I who could want say it. That. There's a lot of weirdos that want it, man. I'm just gonna go. With, I'm on the exact same page as Kyle. The bait and switch is my number two. Just because the way they do it, there can be a lot more multiple options for that, and how they get to that point but again i'm not for that it's ray's story ray's got to be the hero ray's got to be the savior of kylo if anything um so so ray has to be the hero it's gotta be ray so yes the question am i too rigid is yes oh yes oh yeah yeah it's got to be that way in that sense man to me i'm on the exact same page there like if anything Kylo can become a good guy. That's fine. But it's because of Rey, like 120% because of her actions, what she did, the way she went about things, the way she saved him. You know what I mean? Because of how she's got the books, the the, the original Jedi texts, and she's already a compassionate person. Uh, and the way she applies that compassion and uses whatever she's learned from these texts and, and uses that to sort of straighten kylo out that can work yeah and don't get me wrong like this is why this is my number five i see no romantic relationship here yes you know with the towel scene like please put a towel on whatever 
I mean, well, I, I, I think I, I will agree that Ryan did create an intimacy between the two, which I find creepy. I don't know why he chose to open that door and make, I think it was put that dynamic to it. Cause I think it was to drive Adam driver's character, like to give us more in depth. Like, I don't think he was playing around with Ray, like trying to seduce her to come to the supremacy first Snoke, you know? Like, I think he was actually, like, they were actually connecting. And that's what I, I kind of like the, the conflict that, that will bring in nine because they had that, you know, that connection, that understanding between themselves and they, they opened up to one another. That doesn't mean romance. That is, I don't know. They're both so almost the same in different ways. They're so alone in different ways and. You know, they they opened up to one another, and they're both sides of of the of the same coin. You know what I mean? So, I think the relationship is very interesting in that regard. Yeah. Um, look, I, 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 have we all sort of done our five? Like, Corey, your number one is romantic Raylo. Yeah, too toxic, man. You can't do like you can't romanticize that. You could have the platonic love, and you know the understanding compassion like you guys said but like wanting to make out and be like oh kylo like please god no please god no just 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 think of like how toxic their relationship is already Mm. right like the the terrible stuff he's done to her like he's he's kind of violated her mind kidnapped her tried to kill her tried to turn her evil uh, what else? Oh, and he, he, he framed her for the murder of Hux. So he's painted a target on her back. Whether that's a thread that they pick up on. Murder in episode of Snoke, nine. you mean? Yeah. Yeah. What did I, what did I say? The murder of Hux. Oh, sorry about that. Yeah. No, no, he, <laughs> that's what you want. He tells, well, that's what he tells Hux, right? Like he, Hux comes and goes, what happened? Oh, the girl killed Snoke. Wait, it, thanks Kylo. I took a ship. Yeah. Exactly. And it's like, okay, yeah, now now <laughs> let's put let's hook these two up. After all that rotten stuff, it's totally healthy and normal to put these two together. Like it's to me it's sickening. And if I, I will vomit in Corey's popcorn if they do that in episode nine. I you know it's funny, I saw like a cartoon like like just like a, a newspaper strip kind of cartoon with with those two. And it was it was a Raylo relationship, you know, and it it shows them like drawn all funnily, like in I don't know they're they're in their bedroom, and Ray's probably got like I don't know ten twenty pillows on the bed, and Kylo it's making Kylo very upset, and he's like, why do we have to have so many pillows? Like because they're everywhere, you know, and I could totally understand that too. And Ray's just like, I just want nice things for once. You know, <laughs> like, <laughs> it's so perfect. Oh my God. I'm so... Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. That's, the, I, I, I don't know. I think that was maybe obvious from the get go that that's where Romantic Rayla was going to be on our list. It's, it's pretty high up there. Is, is it, was your number two, right, Carlos? Yeah, number two. It's kind of a joke. Uh, number two, like it's 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 definitely like number one. The Force Ghost Jamboree. I said felt, sure. would fall to number two if they used the Yubnub, but I I, I still <laughs> romantic Raylo is uh, is number one. 
I'm still really happy that you guys both said that you really wanted to see Force Ghost Leia. That was pretty awesome. And time note there to edit this out. <laughs> <laughs> Done. Uh, yeah, no, not not at all. Like I said, these are five bad options in my mind. Yep. I don't want to see any of them. Well, no, I mean, the structure of the Falcon or a legacy death character, we know there's, like, the loophole is Leia. She, we know she's going to die, so it's easy to put it number five. Yeah, got to start getting used to it. Oh, wait. Are, I'm not, do we know I'm for not, certain not a... that she's going to kick well, the bucket, the wabbit, kick the bucket? <laughs> Uh, if you if you listen to uh, my quick hits pod, if you're one of those special people, then uh, you'll you'll get my take on that. Or you, if you hear it on on Mark's Patreon, if he gets my voicemail, you might hear it there as well. I have thoughts on that. Uh, that's it. I think we're done. Am I am I too rigid? And I think the answer is yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but was the goal to try to to try to convince each other to change our answers? I think the there was no goal. Aid, aid to have some fun. But, you know, want to you know, maybe air out some anxieties. Lesser of evils. And, and to say, well, maybe, okay, we've got this list here, and I'm sure if we tried, we could add to it. But these, to me, are the five things that I'm like, ugh. These are not things I, I, I look forward to seeing in the movie. And, and I think they're all possible, like I said before. So maybe it's it's about easing some of the tension, saying, no, like, okay, I get why you're nervous about that one, but here's how it could genuinely work. And I don't know that we did that either. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Uh, yeah, I think the only one I, I came around on a little bit while, while thinking about this is, is uh, Corey, shut your face. The Force Ghost Leia, it's going to be cheap and contrived can work but it will it will still be contrived because if carrie fisher were alive they wouldn't do that there's no way they would do that not true go home <laughs> it's true they they might you know if if she was it was her story you know what i mean like in my I, she didn't have I, to I, live obviously I have no way of knowing this, but there's in my mind there was no way they were going to kill Carrie Fisher at any point in this trilogy. I'm convinced she would have been alive to see uh, peace restored at the end of nine. Like think how much she how much she's been through, and you're telling me that she's not going to get to see the end of the like the the end of the rainbow. No way. After all that she's put up with, I I think she would she would have been somebody unless she was the one that, you know. Because of her, there is a rainbow. Oh my god, I'm just thinking of Judy Garland singing Somewhere Over the Rainbow. <laughs> oh boy, we've lost Carlos, everybody. <laughs> oh my god. And that is that that's the, this is the right time to, to uh end the show. <laughs> that's it. Dan, thanks for your question this week, buddy. Yeah, it was a good one. And, yeah, it certainly was. Uh, if anybody else, if you guys want to send us a question for the podcast, you can send them to me via Twitter or Facebook or uh, by email at tumblingsaber at gmail.com. And also, thank you to Rob Wade for endorsing this episode on emotionally14.com. So be sure to check that out. I link to that from the Facebook group. And also, you know, the Crazy Train podcast is a lot of fun. 
good for several laughs. So check that out if you got uh, some time in your podcast catcher. <clears throat> and uh, finally, be sure to check out our podcasting brethren at the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. We've got 10 shows for you, um, <clears throat> among which we are one of them. But uh, they're, they're 10 great shows run by really, really fine people. So check that out. And also, I wanted to just throw some love towards uh, James Ads and May at the Green Door Pod. They're just doing so much good work. And, you know, they're really generous in shouting us out. And I, I constantly forget to return the solid. So uh, if you like Tolkien and or if you want to get into it, uh, go check out the Green Door Podcast where Ads and James and May are doing such good work. Super well produced and very, very thoughtful show. So that is it for me. Uh, guys, where can people find you on the old Twitter machine? Well, you can find me, Kyle, at Chop Rules with a Z. Really? Yeah. <laughs> you can Uh-oh. find me at Chop Rules with a Z too, man. <laughs> uh, uh, the CNC Music Factory, yo. What is it? The... <laughs> You can find me at C Candido Music on Twitter and Instagram. Or I'm starting to do a lot more uh, fa- uh, Instagram stories, so you could check that out. Um, or you could uh, find me uh, at uh, Patreon.com/slash/CardosCreates, uh, where you can uh, throw a couple of um, couple of uh, escudos my way. And uh, you'll be getting um, new music every month. And uh, I actually started using the lens feature on Patreon this weekend, which was kind of funny. I had a good time with that. Uh, and uh, that's it. Follow me on Facebook, Carlos Candido. Boom. Uh, don't forget to follow Michelle. She is at tediously underscore brief on uh, Twitter. And also, I think on, on Instagram as well. That is her handle, as well as Traveling Book Nerds. You can find Michelle on all the things she does there. And I am at Tumbling Saber on Twitter. And also, please come join our Facebook group. We've had a few uh, a few signups in the last uh, few days or so. So uh, it's, it's really fun in there. We have a great time talking Star Wars. And yeah, it's, it, come, come knock on the door and we'll let you right in. All right. So until next time, everybody, thanks a ton for listening. Hope you enjoyed the show. Let us know what you think. And uh, we'll talk to you guys later. Struggle for the answers, questions frighten me Circles getting wider, it's harder just to see
Wake up to illusions, delusions fill my mind Your voice is sending shivers, the shower out through my spine Wait for the warmth of your arms wrapped around me I'll forever shiver, my hands down to my feet Americans like you are working around the globe in more than 170 countries to shape foreign policy, preserve our freedom, and pursue prosperity for all. They come from different backgrounds and have unique perspectives and skills, but they're bound by a common vision. They are the members of the U.S. Department of State, our nation's preeminent foreign affairs agency. Join them and start an exciting career that can take you anywhere as you protect the interest of Americans everywhere. Visit careers.state.gov, an equal opportunity employer.